0: All right, welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. Rob Parker and, yes, TJ zada the all-world former NFL wide receiver. It is week five approaching, TJ, and what's going on? How you doing?
1: Man, Rob, I'm doing well, man. How are you?
0: Doing good, man. Unbelievable. So much stuff going on. We're hoping that the COVID... 19 stuff you know with the titans and cam newton we're hoping that it can hold off and now people are even worried you know about other players maybe contracting it so hopefully we can get some games in and uh get going
1: yeah that kind of was a a bummer good game on the docket with the chiefs and the patriots and then the best offensive player for the patriots being cam newton can't play, so that, that kind of sucks for them. So it's what you said, man. These guys need to live a life like they're in the bubble just so they can get through this season because if they do not, more of these cases are going to continue to pop up.
0: No doubt. One guy who caught a case and deserved to be fired was Bill O'Brien down in Houston. And obviously, they were winless. They just looked terrible. Don't forget they blew that big... Uh, playoff game to the Chiefs last year a lot of people thought and Bill O'Brien was the GM and uh the coach TJ what do you think about his firing and, and was it justified
1: if you you think about this think about it like this Rob now that you bring up the playoff game they were beating the Chiefs if i'm not mistaken 24 to 0
0: right and you remember do you so, remember the, the funny calls he he had the yes. ball he went for it on he didn't what was it he the he had two back f- f-
1: Kick a field goal, you're winning. But you're up 24 to 0 in a playoff game to the, in essence, a team that won a Super Bowl in the Kansas City Chiefs. And you would think, okay, we're going to go into the offseason and we're going to do X, Y, and Z to correct this. And then you come out of the season, in the 2020 season, and this is what you give us after just blowing a 24 to nothing lead. And you trade your best weapon on offense outside of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins for a running back that they were just trying to please somebody take David Johnson. Oh, you're going to take the contract as well. So on that you trade De- DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second round pick, you got you, they literally stole DeAndre Hopkins from you. You couldn't get a first round pick and a player and a second round pick in the following draft. And so Just the deals he made, you trade multiple first-round picks from Laramie Tunzel and Kenny Stills, and you don't even negotiate a contract prior with Laramie Tunzel. So now he knows he has all this leverage. Just a lot of the things that Bill O'Brien has done, and we're not even talking on the football field, uh, he kind of doomed himself. But yeah, it's. uh, and then reports that he got into a big argument with J.J. Watt. That's a no-no. You already know that.
0: And you know, TJ, uh, when it comes to sports, I always say this. Sports has a short menu, wins and losses. And when you're not winning, they can move on from you. And at that point, I, I think that that was the right decision. The other thing, too, I don't believe that a coach and general manager should be the same person. Because there's a conflict. You know, when you're dealing with people's money and who to sign. I remember Bill Parcells always saying Well, if I'm going to cook the meal, I want to buy the groceries. groceries. Right, but the only problem is there is a conflict there. It just doesn't work. We've seen people try to do this. In the NBA, Doc Rivers tried to do it with the Clippers, right? They had to take the duties away from him. We've seen this a couple times, and for the most part, it hasn't worked out. And I just think Bill O'Brien made a number of mistakes as a general manager and obviously as a coach. So I think they made the right decision. To move on here's another one I want to ask is Washington making did they make the right decision uh in, in in sitting Haskins and not only did they drop him from the starting quarterback he's the third string they moved Alex Smith up to number two so basically that tells me that they have no interest in this kid coming back to play this year I don't
1: know I don't know what they're doing. They're they're number one. They're not very good. Haskins, I believe, started eleven games in college, or maybe it was fourteen in college, and he started eleven in the NFL. The, this is the thing. They don't have a very good team. You knew there were going to be growing pains, but this is a he played pretty well against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. I believe he was thirty-two for forty-five. He threw for over three hundred yards. He did not turn the ball over. You bench him after this game. I don't get it. And it, it, it's sad because there's not... there. There is a lot of black quarterbacks in the league, but when you look at it, the black quarterback, man, their leash is short. Cam Newton is a former MVP. First pick of the draft. Couldn't get a job. And he couldn't get a job. And look what he's doing right now. Dwayne Haskins... You knew it was a pro you, You're not going to give him a chance to develop and struggle because those two things go hand in hand when you're a young quarterback on a bad team. And I look at a guy like Josh Allen. He struggled early on. Great defense, kept him in games. Look at him now. Sam Darnold is struggling because they don't have pieces around him. They're not going to bench Sam Darnold. Dwayne Haskins is in a similar situation, and he gets benched. And it's, it's unfortunate, and it's what you said. The menu short, wins and losses.
0: Here's their argument is that the NFC least is what I call it. The NFC least is up for grabs. Here's Philadelphia in first place with a win and a a tie. Dallas is struggling. So they're looking at it saying, we got a chance to steal this division because it's still up for grabs and there's no good team. The Giants are bad, right? They're looking at it. If you're going to do that, Then why wouldn't it be Alex Smith, seriously, as a quarterback, as a guy who's, you know, been in big games, won, coming back off injury. Now they might know more than I do, TJ, as far as where he is and whether or not, but they elevated him to second string. Right? So I don't I don't I get the idea that the division is there, but if Haskins really is your guy long term, this is why I don't believe he's their guy long term. I don't know if he'll ever play quarterback for Washington again. That's that's what this it's, signals to me.
1: Mentally, it's going to be tough for him to come back from this because in the back of his mind, he's always going to think, I have to be perfect. And when you play like I have to be perfect, you're going to be imperfect. I, the reason I get with them going with Kyle Allen is this, two, two things. Alex Smith has been out of football for a while. You do, I don't care how you look in practice. You do not know what's going to happen in a game. And the second thing is this. Kyle Allen and Ron Rivera said this a few times. He knows our system. He knows what we want to do. And and so with those two things, I get going with Kyle Allen. He knows exactly what they want to do on offense. He he should know the offensive scheme inside and out. And Alex Smith has been out of football for a while. But for Dwayne, listen, the NFC East is awful. The Washington Redskins are not winning it. It's going to be the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. The Redskins aren't winning it, and, and so you benching him, thinking you have a chance, you got. They know deep down those the coaches in the front office know deep down they don't have a chance, or the Washington football team, shall I say? They they know they don't have a chance to win that division. That that that's just one of the excuses they they throw out there.
0: I'm with you, uh, cause it it doesn't make sense, and I get the Allen and Rivera have a history, but but why didn't Did did you put if you don't think Alex Smith can play, shouldn't be the backup quarterback. It still should be. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because if something happens to Josh Allen, guess who has to go in the game? Alex Smith. Yes. So so that's the part that I don't get. All right. I want to uh, one other thing I love to touch on is uh, quarterbacks. And we can talk about it right now. Uh, Pro football uh, focus. NFL Week Four quarterbacks top performances of the week and quarterback rating. Who's the number one quarterback? Who has the number one quarterback rating uh, right now after Week Four? I,
1: I'm a, you're asking me who who I'm asking, I think it is? Yep, yep. I got. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Pick one. I'm gonna say Aaron Rodgers.
0: Aaron Rodgers. Who's number two?
1: Russell Wilson. Who's number three? Number three, Josh Allen. Tom Brady. And okay. The, and then, and the then goat. it's,
0: and then it's uh, uh Jared Goff. And then Josh Allen is number five. Lamar is six, and Patrick Mahomes is seven. And yeah, uh,
1: just watching games, you know, his completion percentage. He's not really pushing the ball down the field as much. I figure he wouldn't be. Uh, that that was pretty good by me to figure that out, and was just. No no uh, research today. Hey, I'm proud of myself. That's not, that's, myself on the back that's for that not
0: bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, and and I do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you saw what he did, four touchdowns against the Falcons. Now, everybody beats the Falcons, so it's not just about TJ beating the Falcons. He doesn't have his two best receivers. Think about that. You know that you're a receiver. You're a, Devontae Adams hasn't played in weeks. Lazaro had the breakout game. He got hurt. He wasn't playing. I don't know who he was throwing to.
1: He doesn't even know. He doesn't even the, the tight end. The tight end he had his coming out party. He had uh, George Kittle sending him messages on Twitter throughout the game. And that Aaron Rodgers is so good, man. I, I, it's almost crazy because when Devontae Adams got hurt, everybody was saying, "Who is he going to play with?" And yep. then Lazard had that big game. So in essence, he was doing it with, and this is disrespectful to those guys because nobody knows him with nobody, but those guys feel like there's somebody speaking of the receivers as playing, but they they don't have the pedigree and in the, in the name and the cachet to back it up if they feel that way. Aaron Rodgers is playing such, you just look at the quarterbacks you just named that we named, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff,
2: Tom Josh Brady. Allen,
1: Tom Beatty, and Patrick Mahomes. Just look at those names and look at who they're throwing to and say, who's throwing to the worst guys? And it's no question.
0: Not even close. It's Aaron,
1: not even close. It's if, Aaron Rodgers. If
0: you put Aaron Rodgers, and and obviously Patrick Mahomes, a great quarterback, gave him all those weapons, what what could it's he over. do? Am I right?
1: It's It's what, over. What would
0: he be able to do with all those weapons? Like, it, it it speaks volumes, and that's why we had a debate on the radio about who should who should be the MVP at this point. And I picked Aaron Rodgers. Chris Boussard picked uh um Russell, Russell. Wilson. And my point was I got to
1: go with you on that one
0: because of because of the talent and who he has. Yes, and, yes, and, and I think that that matters. I really do. One other thing I want to get up with you when we talk about quarterbacks, one name that wasn't mentioned is Dak Prescott. And when I look at the list, Dak Prescott uh, was number eight behind Patrick Mahomes, quarterback rating of 82.2. But I got an issue with a lot of those big numbers he's putting up. And you tell me, I've always, you know, I call Matthew Stafford, Stafford, Stat Padford, because... You get those, you know what I'm talking about. When a team gets down big, you're throwing every down. You know the defense relaxes. They don't want anything over the top, right? A big score, yeah. but they'll let you throw in front of them. Am I right or wrong about this and some oh, of these they, numbers?
2: They,
1: they, a lot of it is they have a big lead. They'll bend but don't break. And if you are completing passes, they just want the clock to run because now you're battling the clock and time of possession and, and things of that nature. If you go back to the Cleveland game, some of those balls that Dak were throwing, they should have been intercepted. Right. And and they, they weren't, though. But the thing about it is, I would prefer my guy being Dak doing what he's doing than we're trying to come back and those balls are intercepted and you are not putting up the stats. The thing about it is, Dallas is so bad on defense, they're putting them in a hole. And then we can say, The offense is so bad early on that they're not helping them out either. They need to find some happy medium to where Mike Nolan, simplify this defense, man. Simplify it. Who cares if they know what you're doing? You guys will be so good defensively because you know how you're going to be attacked if it's simplified. Players will start to realize they're going to attack us this way each time we're in this defense, and they'll understand it. They they need to simplify some things in Dallas.
0: As bad as Dallas's defense is, Seattle has the worst defense in the league, yeah. and and they're undefeated. It tells you about Russell Wilson. And just because your defense gives up points doesn't mean that you have to stop offensively. So when people try to protect Dak and go, well, he doesn't have a defense. Russell Wilson doesn't have a defense. Doesn't that speak to Russell Wilson? And what he's been able to do with the defense that that Seattle has,
1: you you obviously couldn't say no because it kind of goes against the argument I just made. But what I will say is this: when you when you look at Dallas's best defensive players, and when I say best, it's the guys that make the most money. Demarcus Lawrence he hasn't played well. Jalen Smith he hasn't played well. When you go to Seattle's best players, and we talk about what they make. Bobby Wagner's playing well. He's doing his job. He's making plays defensively. So although they have the worst defense statistically, his defense isn't, and you can look at Seattle and say, okay, we were killing Dallas and they played that bend but don't break defense. So they get a ton of yards, which statistically makes us look bad but in reality are we really that bad because we're bending but we're not breaking we win the game and so I mean you can look at it both ways
0: I'll give you the numbers real quick and then it's time to get into some picks I was surprised at how bad it was but they uh yeah they 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 are the worst team and uh I think Dallas was Maybe you know giving up the most yards or whatever, but but Seattle did rank as the worst defense. All right, now let's bring in our producer Martin Weiss to uh, talk about the picks last week.
1: Let him know about that greatness I displayed, Martin.
0: Yeah, I'm already sick to my stomach. But
1: Martin, I told you, bouncing back like a basketball. Martin, let him know that I bounced back like I told
2: him I would. Let's hear Martin. Well Rob, before we get started, I promised that FanDuel didn't put me in charge of the sportsbook for the day, but these new same game parlays are definitely something I would have come up with. So thank you FanDuel for this gambling gift. There are so many different combinations you can play with these parlays. Player props, point totals, money lines. I'm getting giddy just thinking about it. And the best part is, FanDuel will refund the first same game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week up to $10. That means you can bet a different parlay risk-free every NFL week all season long. That's like free money. Are you kidding me? This week? I like the Baltimore Ravens first half spread minus seven and a half and full game spread minus 12 and a half. I get it. The Bengals are four and against the spread. But I tell you this, Baltimore has Super Bowl aspirations and they did not look good the last time they took the field. They're going to be ready to play like my picks go ahead and bet them you'll get 10 bucks back if we don't win we can do this all season long baby and i should mention that FanDuel is the only sports book where you can play these same game parlays so listen up if you don't already have an account just sign up with promo code lp3 so they know i sent you if you already have an account you're good to go that same game parlays risk-free all season long only on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And do not forget to use promo code LP3 when you sign up. Because in the words of my boy TJ Huzpanzada, if you knew better, you would do better. I
1: told the people week three was my mulligan and I was going to bounce back. I just want them to know that, you know, I keep my word.
2: And TJ, you absolutely did. Uh, We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. At the Washington football team. The Ravens got 13 points. You guys both took them, took the points, and cashed out with the Ravens there. Browns and Cowboys, Browns were four and a half uh, point favorites. Uh, TJ, you took the Browns cash there. Rob, your your lack of belief in Baker Mayfield cost you a little bit of money there. <laughs>
0: it did, because I, I thought that Dallas couldn't be that bad, and it went home, and, and I really didn't believe that they would lay such an egg at home. I, I was stunned how pathetic they were. Stunned. It
2: seems as if Dallas is that bad. Um, so you had the Bengals at the Jaguars. Our boy Joey Covers gets the outright win. Uh, TJ, you cashed that one, Rob, no go for you. You took the, you took the Jaguars and the points.
0: Well, Colts. uh, that, that really, to me, it's not fair. Cause TJ takes the Bengals every week, no matter what.
2: Hey, it's a profitable
1: strategy. Get, we, hey, we're going to, we're going to get into that later, by the way. All right.
2: it's, a, it's a profitable strategy so far to, uh, to adjust, to invest in Joey Burrow. You have Colts minus two and a half at the bears in a t- real stinker of a game. That was terrible. You took the Colts, cast that one out, Rob. The Bears are who (laughs) TJ thought they were. were. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And then we have Saints favored by four at the Lions. You guys both took the New Orleans Saints. That was an easy one. And
0: remember, they were down 14 nothing, TJ, to start the game. The
2: Saints. I was
1: like, you got to be kidding me.
2: Yep.
1: And And
2: then they scored five times in a row. When I saw them go down 14, I thought you guys were in good shape. You know, the Lions, the Lions don't <laughs> blow fourth quarter leads. They just blow double-digit leads. They just love to do so. they mo, But the Falcons, but the Lions are right behind them. And speaking of the aforementioned Falcons, Dan Quinn said, you can't blow a fourth quarter lead if you never have one. Uh, the Packers what is, what does that mean? Seven. That's what I said. You can't blow a fourth quarter lead if you never have it. The, the, pack, the Falcons never led once in the fourth quarter to blow the lead. Okay. The Packers. Favored by seven rob and tj both took that uh 30 to 16 was the final score there so that was profitable the over unders on the other hand not looking too good you had uh <laughs> you guys miraculously <laughs> yeah that over and under was now... crazy man you guys were 0 for 6 on over and unders because you guys all, both
0: all of them we got them all wrong
2: yes because you guys both agreed that the Bengal the Bengals and jaguars would go under that had a final score of 33 to 25 and the total was 49 and a half so that blew off that then the uh, colts and the bears you guys both said over uh 43 and a half a cool 19 to 11 final score does not get you there and uh falcons to packers the total was 56 and uh you guys said the over and it came in at 46 as the final man score. i thought the i at least thought the
1: falcons would put up points lose and put up points yeah do that's it. what
0: they normally do but they didn't do it all yes. right all right then so we got to make some money we got to get something better for that all right the thursday night game let's start there tj bucks at the bears the bears are getting three and a half at home what you got
1: I don't understand why it's so tight, to be honest with you. Um, I, I like the Bucks. The only thing that does concern me is which receivers will Brady have to throw to? Is Mike Evans going to play? He's been banged up. Godwin did not play Sunday. Will he be back? Uh, will Leonard Fournette be back? You, you just don't know who's going to play. But I, I'm the way Brady brought that team back Sunday down big to the Chargers, uh, I like the way they're clicking. One thing I do know is that defense is going to play ball for the Bucs. That defense is going to play. And Nick Foles had a hard time moving the ball against the Colts, but the Colts have the best defense, in league statistically right now. And so, yeah, three and a half points, I'll eat that, and I'll take the Bucs.
0: I'm going to take the Bears. I know they burnt me this past week, but Nick Foles, the last time I saw him against Tom Brady, he made all the throws and won the Super Bowl. And I, I'd say Nick Foles was awful last week. There's no way he's going to repeat that performance. And I'm getting three and a half points. And just like you say, what scares me about the Bucks, there's way too many question marks about personnel. So that scares me. And uh, Tom Brady threw five touchdowns, which means he's, it's time for a clunker. So I'm going to take the Bears plus the three and a half points in that game.
1: Hey, all them people that, Five years ago, Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff. Four years ago, Tom Brady's going to – man, Tom Brady's still running on that cliff, man. He might be close to the edge, but he ain't falling off.
0: All right, they haven't beaten anybody yet. All right, Vikings plus seven at Seattle. Where are you on this one?
1: Man, this is a tough one. For some reason, I I told myself after the Vikings lost to the Jags, it it really disappointed me. It pissed me off, really, to be honest with you that I said I wasn't going to pick the Vikings again. But some they, they've played, they've moved the ball very well on uh, offense. They've, get, they've gotten Justin Jefferson involved. He's put up big numbers the last two weeks. Seattle's defense that we just talked about is not very good. Um, but I'm going to take the Seahawks because I'm not going to pick the Vikings anymore. And so I like the seven points, but Seahawks are a better team it's in Seattle. That doesn't matter because of the crowd noise cannot affect them. But uh, Russell Wilson is by far the better quarterback. He's throwing to better receivers, in my opinion, even though that is fairly close. Um, I like Seattle to uh, cover seven points. I'm not so certain of that, but I'm going to take Seahawks.
0: Yeah, this is a real tough game. I'm with you on that. And I'm actually going to pick the Vikings and take the seven points. And the only reason I'm going against it is they've been lucky. Their defense has let them down so much and they haven't had to pay yet. You know what I mean? Like they haven't lost the game and they probably should have at this point. Here's one where the defense costs you. And I'm, and and whether the Vikings win or cover the seven points uh, and get a late touchdown, you know what I mean? To, to to uh mess up the point spread and blow the cover that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping on that that the defense lets uh Seattle down at the end and and the Vikings get the seven points and and they and they cover so i got i got the Vikings plus 7 all right the lions and packers both have a bye this week mm-hmm. so uh we won't have a, a bet on those games um or those teams Colts minus one and a half at the Browns. Where are you on this game?
1: This is tough, man, because the Colts defensively are very good. But if you if you watch the Colts offensively, Phillip Rivers is playing non-Philip Rivers. He's being real conservative. He's not really giving guys opportunities to make plays down the field. And it could be because early in the season, he threw those picks. And last year with the Chargers, he was throwing those picks, and so I think he's cognizant of it. Um, the Browns, I they, I picked them to finish second in that division. The Steelers are undefeated. Leading that division, the Ravens have one loss. The Browns can't afford to lose. I like their talent. Um, they can have 15,000 fans, so hopefully those 15,000 fans can give them some type of energy. I'm going uh, to take the one and a half and go with Cleveland.
0: I'm gonna take Cleveland too, and I wasn't oh, sold on wow. them. I am. I'm gonna take Cleveland. That shocked me. I'm I'm gonna take Cleveland, and I last week showed me a little something. I know uh, Dallas is bad, but still, we saw a rebirth of OBJ. I want you to know my prop bet and in and Dallas and uh, Vegas was it was five and a half for his touchdowns for the year on OBJ. So oh yeah, he, had he has 3. Now he has 4 on the season. He only had 4 all of last year. He's I, got 4. I remember
1: talking about that before the season started. Right? Yes.
0: Yep, so Yes. There was a rebirth there. I don't know. They got to feel good about it. You know when you win big and everybody got to touch the ball and you were rolling. Only thing
1: that concerns me is Nick Chubb is out. He's that workhorse. Um Cream like Hunt, still Hunt still used have to be Kareem that. They still have he used them to though. be and so I, I thought that one-two punch with Chubb and Kareem Hunt was uh, very formidable. So with Nick Chubb out, that concerns me. But with the weapons they have, in the culture of the defense, I talk about the Cowboys need to be simplified. You know what we're doing, but we know what we're doing. And, and to me, that makes an effective defense. But again, yeah, we're, we're in unison on this one.
0: All right, uh, Eagles at the Steelers. The Eagles got a, a road win. They were in first place in the NFC (laughs) least because of that tie. I know pretty bad Uh, Steelers minus seven in this game. Where are you TJ?
1: I don't know how good the Pittsburgh Steelers are
0: because they didn't beat anybody. They,
1: They haven't played anyone thus far. But one thing I do know is they play defense in Pittsburgh and Bud Dupree and TJ Watt coming off the edge. Cam Hayward in the middle. It's gonna be hell for Carson Wentz this Sunday. And so I'm willing to eat that seven against my better judgment because I don't know how good the Steelers are because they haven't played anyone. But one thing is for certain is they're gonna play defense and the Eagles are gonna have to find a way to try to manufacture some points and playing against Pittsburgh, unless Big Ben turns it over, my boy Chase Claypool can be a difference maker in this game. I'm going to eat the seven points, and I got to roll with the Steelers, even though I haven't seen them beat any team of consequence uh, this season so far.
0: I'm going to go with once in a lifetime on this. With the big upset, yes, in Pittsburgh. Two in inter- a row, huh? Interstate rival. Here's their chance. They're in first place. You got to win. a. You know you need a game to turn your season. This is the game you can win. And people go, they won the division last year, TJ. You remember at the end of the year, they had to beat Dallas. They won the division out of nowhere when they struggled early. And I'm going to remind you of a game last year when their season was on the brink and they went to Green Bay and won. Do you remember that? I do remember. This is what this game is going to be. It's going to be the same thing. You need to win this game. They go to Pittsburgh. They beat the Steelers. Plus, I'll take the seven points, but I think they win this game. And and this will help them make that move towards where they want to go because a lot of people like the Eagles in the NFC, you know, East, coming into the season. I think they win this game.
1: It's going to be interesting. They say Deshaun Jackson will be back, um, but who, who who is he throwing to? He's throwing to his backs and tight ends. That's all Carson Wentz is going to do. The Steelers are defensively, they're too smart for that. With his offensive line, the injuries, they are going to harass him. They're going to come out, try to screens, misdirection to keep him uh, off balance. But that defensive front from the Steelers is going to be in Carson Wentz's face. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, got knocked out. They're, they're going to hit him hit him early and often.
0: All right. Has the, uh, I already know you're going to pick the Bengals. The Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens minus 12 and a half. Oh my goodness. 12 and so, a half.
1: So this is the thing, right? We they covered t- you 13 talked about.
0: last week. Come on. Are you the Ravens no, covered 13? Listen,
1: listen. Okay, so listen. Number one, the Bengals have covered every single game this year. They've covered every game. So the Bengals are four for four in covering. Now, if you go back. Washington, they scored late and almost messed up the cover. They did. <laughs> they scored. They scored because the Ravens are up 21 and then they give up that touchdown. I'm like, whew. It's lucky because the spread was 13 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And they will win by 14. The Bengals have always played the Ravens well. Joe Burrow is a, a good quarterback. And he, his confidence is growing. Fingers crossed. If the Bengals get Geno Atkins back, which I believe he practiced last week and they held him out one more week just to play it safe. If they can get Geno Atkins back, they have a better chance of slowing the run down with Lamar Jackson. I believe the Ravens are going to win this game. But I'll say somewhere up the lines of 30 to 20 and the Bengals cover. I don't believe the Bengals are going to win, but Washington almost covered, and I believe the Bengals are a lot better than the Washington football team. And so uh, I'm going to see if the Bengals can go 5-for-5 for for me.
0: I'm going to go against the odds that they're not going to go 5-for-5, that this will be the week that they don't cover. And the rookie quarterback who got off to a great start uh, has a big turnover at some point, which will be the difference. Lamar Jackson is already... Despite them being three and one and really just having a one, you know, bad game against Kansas City, he says he's not happy with the passing offense. I think this is where he comes out and says, we want to try to be better. And I think they forced the issue, and I think they cover that. Um, so because right now, uh the teams ranks 31st in NFL in passing. They gotta be better than that. I think this is where they have a little breakout of that. And they cover and win by two touchdowns. They can they win by two touchdowns? Yes, because there'll be a pick six by Burrow in this game.
1: That's one. See, that's that's the thing that if you go back and look at look at what Joe has said in some of his interviews, he he was like, I could not believe I threw that stupid dumb interception against the Chargers. Just threw it straight to him, and he said, since that play, I've been cognizant. I've been aware of not putting our team in a hole and since then he hasn't done that and so he's only going to get better the Ravens like to play a lot of man-to-man the Bengals do have guys on the outside that can get open I like Humphrey's one of the better corners and Peter's one of the better corners in the league Jimmy Smith is a good nickel I mean they, they have guys in the secondary that can cover the Bengals but uh yeah they'll lose a game but 12 and a half they won't lose by 12 and a half all right. Can At we... least I hope they don't.
0: TJ, let's do some over under now and uh we will start. Let's start with the Bengals and Ravens. Total is fifty-one and a half. Where are you on that?
1: <sighs> that's that's uh the Ravens put up points. The Bengals put up a decent amount of points outside of that uh charger game. 51 and a half points, like just over and under, man, It's it It can be feast or famine. I'll say this game goes under. I'll say the, the Ravens win 30 to 20, just under. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under.
0: I'm going to say that it's over, that the Bengals do score, but the Ravens score a little bit more, maybe eight points more, and that'll push it over. So I'm going to take the over at 51 and a half. Eagles at uh, the Steelers, the total is 44. Where are you on that?
1: I, I like that to go under as well. It's what I said earlier. The Steelers are so stout, man, on defense that uh, points are going to be hard to come by for the Eagles. I, I mean, I can see this game being 24 to 14, 28 to 14 type of game. Um it's going to be tough for the Eagles to put points on the board unless Roethlisberger just kind of gives them some free points via the turnovers, and I don't, I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, I think it has to be a low-scoring game as well um, because of the defense and because the Eagles don't have that many weapons. I can't see them scoring a ton of points, even if they were to win and, or get the plus seven and cover. So I'm going to just say under. I'm with you on that. Colts at the Browns. The number is forty-six, and we just saw the Browns explode. Sometimes, you know, when a team scores a lot of points, the next week it ain't as abundant as it was. So, where are you on that forty-six number?
1: I also like this to go under, and I and I like this to go under. The Colts defensively, they just they don't give up a lot of points. They they don't. They're defensively very disciplined, very sound they don't give up a ton of points. And so they gave up 11 to the Bears this past Sunday. The Bears are not the Browns offensively, but they do not allow a lot of points on that defense. And so I'm going to go under on that as well.
0: I'm with you. Uh, I just, when you score that many points, I just don't see it. I know the Packers scored back-to-back 40 points to open the season, but I just, I, I, I would be shocked if uh, the Browns put up big numbers and you, you say that D- the Colts defense is pretty good. So I'm going to say under as well. Uh, the big number here is Vikings at Seattle 57 and a half. Is that an over or is that an under?
1: Man, that's a ton of points, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go over on this. I, I think Seahawks is going to, Seattle's going to put somewhere in the mid thirties. They'll, they'll score somewhere in the mid thirties. And, and the Vikings just have to come in at twenty. They come at twenty, twenty one. Um, this goes over. But fifty seven, and I and I've said this, it's eventually it has to be a cutoff point, and that's a lot more than my cutoff point. But Russell Wilson is he's clicking and he's firing on all cylinders. The Vikings defensively are not very good in the back end. And so they get a lead and Seattle's gonna do what Seattle does on defense and be the worst defense or one of the worst defense and give up some points. And so I like that to go over.
0: I'm going to go under the numbers just too high for me. And uh, I think, you know, Minnesota, you know, their whole thing is about defense and they haven't played well this year. Maybe they finally turn in a decent outing and maybe Russell Wilson, who has had his way 16 touchdowns and only two picks so far. Maybe he doesn't have the greatest day, you know. I, I'm going to go under. That's a high number. I know the offense, and I know that the Seattle's defense isn't good. But almost sixty points, I'm 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 going to say it's under. And then our last game on the over/under is the Bucks at the Bears, forty-four and a half. That's a tough number there, forty-four and a half. Where are you?
1: That that is pretty. Eh. I, I look at it. They're playing in Chicago. It's early October, the weather
2: not, will an not issue. be a
1: factor, won't be a factor. Uh yeah. And so if if the Bucks, and see this, this is this is key. Will Godwin play? If he has, I don't believe Fournette's gonna play. I believe he's still be out another week, but if he has Evans and Godwin, they'll they'll score some points and they'll get somewhere in the 30s themselves. And so I'm gonna say over. I don't believe the Bears are going to put up a lot of points on this Bucks defense. Um, yeah, Nick Foles is going against Brady, but he's probably going against a better defensive front in the Bucs than what Brady had when he was with the Patriots. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the over on this one.
0: I'm going to take the over, and the Bears will get a pick six from Brady because, you know, he's used to doing that now. Four in his last six games, which is incredible. Am I right? Even for Tom Brady. 4-6.
1: Hey, hey, as long as as long as you win and they're not uh coming back to bite you in the butt, you'll take them.
0: All right, now TJ, are you ready?
1: So, my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. This isn't a uh easy one to decipher and decide from. But I'm going to go with who I believe are the better teams and I just feel like there's no way that they can get this done. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, getting a point and a half against the Colts. And I'm going with Mr. Tom Brady, giving up three and a half against the Bears. That's my lock of the week. I don't like to give up a ton of points unless I'm certain. And so I get one and a half and I give up three and a half um, with teams that I feel are better teams. And so... Those are my locks, the Browns against the Colts and the Bucks against the Bears.
0: Wow. All right. My lemon pepper parlay for this week, and I got you some making up to do. I'm going out there. Yes, I'm taking the Ravens, minus 12 and a half. I know it's a lot of points. Do not be afraid of that number, okay? Do not be afraid of it. And here's the one. The Eagles plus seven in Pittsburgh. They might not win the game, but those seven points are going to be friendly to you and help you win money. So plus seven for the Eagles, minus 12 and a half for the Ravens. Parlay that. Put some cabbage down on it. Papa needs a new pair of shoes, maybe even a pair of Jordans. That's where I'm going.
1: Man, that, that... That's a tough one there, the Eagles, huh? They beat the Niners, and now everybody think they can start playing football again. I'm not too sure.
0: All right, that'll wrap up another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Rob Parker. He's TJ Hushmanzada, and we're going to see you back here next week. Right, TJ? And hopefully they'll listen to you.
1: Listen, guys, week three was more of a blip, you know, an aberration, a shoot. It wasn't us. We won on our game. Week four, we came back with a vengeance. And we always say stick with us. Because if you knew better, you would do better. And that's what we want y'all to do. We're we going to keep it rolling now. We're not going to have too many more slip-ups. And this week is just going to be as good as last week.
0: No doubt, partner. We'll see you next week.